Facebook launched as a public company in 2012. Immediately after its launch, the stock price sunk. Facebook had a big problem, and the market weren't convinced that Facebook could solve it. Users were starting to go mobile, to access Facebook predominantly through their smartphones. That seems strange now, but remember that for the first half a decade or so, Facebook was a social networking site that people nearly exclusively used via a web browser. This shift to mobile was a big problem because Facebook had no tools for generating revenue from mobile users. Its revenue came exclusively from web-based advertising. Zuckerberg and Facebook put together a team whose job it was to take the platform mobile. They had to figure out how to make Facebook a mobile-first company in a profitable way. Until about 2013, many observers were not so sure that Facebook could make this transition. There was the possibility that some other natively mobile platform might rise up and take its place. That's not what happened though. Facebook have transitioned to mobile successfully. And so the question we might ask is, how did they do it? Let's chart this story, not just because it tells us some important things about the becoming mobile of media, but also because it illustrates how media platforms operate as engineering projects. They are never static or stable. They are always in the process of imagining and inventing the next version of their infrastructure. This makes them radically different from the media institutions of the 20th century. For all the ways that television came to saturate everyday life in mass societies, as a technological form, it changed re relatively little. It remained more or less a box sitting in the home that you turned on or off, selected from a number of channels, and viewed professionally programmed content on. In the 10 to 15 years that media platforms like Facebook have been with us, they have re-engineered their infrastructure in significant ways, multiple times. The first important development in this story about Facebook engineering itself as an algorithmic and mobile platform arguably happens in 2006, when Facebook launched the newsfeed. Try to imagine Facebook without a newsfeed. Maybe you were never even a user before the feed. Back then, it was more like MySpace or an online dating site, in that individual user profiles were the organising point of the network. When you logged on, you were placed at your personal profile page, and you went from user profile to user profile by clicking on profiles in your friends list. There was no feed that aggregated recent content produced by everyone in your network. You only knew if a friend had posted some new photos if you went and checked their actual profile. Facebook realised this was a problem because they couldn't manage user engagement with the site. It also made serving advertising content difficult. MySpace ran into a similar problem too, where advertising began to clutter profile pages or appear as interstitials between page loading disrupting the user experience. It was this problem that arguably killed off MySpace. Facebook thought that if they could develop a feed of content they curated and then refine it over time, they could learn to serve users' content that would keep them engaged with the platform more often and for longer periods. Rather than us navigating our way randomly around the network, Facebook would use the newsfeed to predict and program our engagement with it. The newsfeed has been at the heart of the Facebook experience for 10 years now. That means it has 10 years of data about users that it can use to shape what they see and do on the platform. 
The newsfeed gave Facebook greater control over user engagement, which was crucial, and it also laid the groundwork for solving the problem with their mobile advertising revenue. Think about it like this. Facebook says that it captures on average 50 minutes of our attention each day. Over 10 years, that's about 3,000 hours of time Facebook has monitored our habits, preferences and interests, and then incorporated them into the feeds of content that it sends us. The newsfeed began to increase engagement with the platform, but Facebook's value was still limited by the fact that they had very low click-through rates on the advertisements that appeared on the right-hand side of the browser interface. While Facebook had the capacity to customise the targeting of ads to individual users based on all the data it collected about them, the value of this was decreasing because users never clicked on the ads. Advertisers didn't really value Facebook's ads as a media property because it couldn't offer strong engagement with users. This problem was made even worse because the ads were not visible on the mobile app at all. Facebook had to figure out a way to integrate advertisers' content into the everyday flow of the newsfeed. Today, more than 90% of Facebook advertising revenue comes from native content integrated into the feed. At the start of 2009, Facebook had 20 million users on their mobile platform. By 2010, they had 100 million users. We see rapid growth in mobile use with the penetration of smartphones and large mobile data plans. Early versions of the mobile app had fewer features than the desktop version, and the app was notoriously slow to load and scroll. Still, users kept going to the mobile app for convenience over the desktop site, and Facebook was forced to catch up. By 2011, there were now 430 million users on the mobile platform, making up nearly 50% of daily engagement with Facebook. So, before Facebook even launched as a public company, Mobile had become a critical strategic issue. They needed to figure out how to make the mobile app work seamlessly and how to get the most of their revenue from it. When Facebook went public in 2012, its user base was now 60% mobile, but they could make no revenue from any of this mobile engagement. Think about that. In 2012, Facebook could not generate a single dollar from 60% of its user base. Facebook was also under threat at the time from emerging mobile-first platforms like Instagram. When they bought Instagram for $1 billion in 2012, they were making a strategic play. Instagram had been siphoning users from Facebook, and they needed them back. But Instagram also brought with it another version of the mobile problem. While Instagram had high mobile engagement, it also had no advertising model and therefore made no money. Both Facebook and its new acquisition Instagram had to work out how to generate value from their mobile apps. The answer was to develop a native advertising model, something that had never been done at scale before. A native model weaves paid content into all the other content on the platform. Rather than have the ads appear separately on the side, they would now flow through the newsfeed or home feed along with everything else. In 2012, Facebook launched promoted posts in the newsfeed, and over the past several years, these have become the backbone of Facebook's revenue and advertising model. The newsfeed uses algorithms and data analysis to determine the right balance between selling the attention of users to advertisers and maintaining their ongoing engagement with the platform. Too much irrelevant paid content and you'll stop using Facebook. Not enough and the platform doesn't make enough revenue.
Facebook finds the right balance for each user via complex data analytics. Once this native model was working, revenue started to flow from the mobile user base and Facebook's share price started to recover. In solving this major strategic problem, Facebook also dramatically reshaped the whole media system. It invented a model of advertising that worked on mobiles natively at scale. By 2013, Facebook's user base was 80% mobile. Users were using Instagram and Facebook more often in more places, and this offered the platforms more points of data and opportunities for engagement. The platforms could auction an expanding array of moments from our everyday lives to advertisers, increasingly based not just on who we are, but on where we are, who we are with, and what we are doing. The becoming mobile of media is associated with the intensification of the amount of our daily lives which can be made visible to media platforms. By 2013, the business press had started to acknowledge that Facebook had solved their mobile problem and therefore established themselves as a durable platform in the media landscape. By the end of 2016, Facebook was 90% mobile and more than 85% of its revenue came via promoted posts in the mobile app. Facebook's re-engineering of its platform does not stop. The platform has begun to experiment with integrating shopping into pages, profiles and news feeds. At the 2017 F8 Developer Conference, Mark Zuckerberg presented a vision of what Facebook looks like after the smartphone. And one of the key long-term technologies that we talked about is augmented reality. Now, we all know where we want this to get eventually, right? We, we want glasses or eventually contact lenses that look and feel normal, but that let us overlay all kinds of information and digital objects on top of the real world. So we can just be sitting here and we want to play chess. Snap, here's a, a chessboard, and we can play together. Uh, you want to watch TV? We can put a digital TV on that wall, and instead of being a piece of hardware, it's a $1 app instead of a $500 piece of equipment. So think about how many of the things that we have in our lives actually don't need to be physical. They can be digital. And think about how much better and more affordable and accessible they're going to be when they are. So think about going to Rome on vacation and having information about the Colosseum overlaid on the actual building or directions overlaid on the actual street. And think about if your daughter is a big Harry Potter fan, for her birthday, you can change your home into Hogwarts. Although I bet some of you were hoping I'd hit the toilet paper button. <laughs> now, we're all about extending the physical world online. When you become friends with someone on Facebook, your relationship gets stronger. When you join a community online, that physical community gets stronger. So augmented reality is going to help us mix the digital and the physical in all new ways, and that's going to make our physical reality better. So that's why this is such an important trend. Now, when we talk about augmented reality, there are three important use cases uh, that we think about. The ability to dis display information, uh, like directions or messages or notifications. Uh, the ability to add digital objects, like the chessboard or the TV screen I was talking about. And the ability to enhance existing objects, like uh, your home or your face. If now, just five years ago Facebook were adapting to the smartphone, now, Zuckerberg and his engineers are imagining what Facebook's next form factor might look like. The answer, Zuckerberg says, is augmented reality. Living in a world where our immediate view of reality is overlaid with digital simulations. 
You look into your bedroom and see what your bed looks like with a new bedspread you're thinking of buying. You walk past a bar and see in the window a video and a review from a friend when they were there. You have a packet of muesli on the kitchen bench while you're having breakfast, and a person leaps out of it and stands on your bench, staging a demonstration of the farm where your muesli is made. Facebook continues to imagine and then engineer forms of consumption that are more natively woven into our everyday experience.